Hey gang, welcome back. I got another pack of cards for Arkham Horror. No, it is not the investigators. Uh, I'm still looking for three more, but I do have Horror in High Gear. We have vehicles in the scenario. I haven't played it, but I'm going to look at the, uh, the player cards and we're going to review them. So, spoiler alert, if you don't want to know, stop. <laughs> but these are my first impressions. I have no idea what these are. I'm going to willing to bet, though, these are definitely going to be heavily influenced with blessings and curse tokens. But let's start it off. Uh, there is a handful of cards. No neutral this time. Uh, but all the classes are well represented. Uh, well, I take that back. Uh, it looks like the Mystics got the shorthand this year. Or this year. In this pack. Man, I'm already waiting for 2021 to finish up already. But, all right, let's go Guardians. Here we go. Guardians got two new cards. The first one is Enchanted Armor. Enchanted Armor is a one-cost asset. You can throw one of these bad boys for two XPs. You can pitch this for a plus one willpower and an agility. It is ritual and armor traded. Uh, it does take a spell slot and a body slot. So, uh, let's see what it is. There is Asterix on for the health and the sanity, so... This gives you a boost of some sort. All right. Play Enchanted Armor under control. Any investigator at your location. Ooh, so it's not necessarily you. You can put it on somebody else. Forced. After damage and or horse placed on the Enchanted Armor, the owner of the Enchanted Armor tests Willpower X, where X is the total amount of damage, and Horror on it. If the test fails, discard Enchanted Armor and assign that damage or Horror just placed on it elsewhere. Oh, so if you do get popped for like four and make that test, that is great. So what's surprisingly weird enough is there is no cursed or plus icons on this card. Hmm. Threw me off. Uh, I like this because it stops the little plinky damage. So one here, one there. I mean, unless you're putting it on Finn or somebody else with a low uh, willpower, you are going to be able to... You know, the armor can stop it. Um, yeah, the owner of the enchanted armor tests for willpower X, where X is the total amount of damage and horror on it. If the test fails, discard it and assign the damage elsewhere. Yeah, so, and it's combined. So if this thing can soak, you know, if you're going to handing like a 2 2 baddie that's two health and two sanity, uh, make a test of four. And if you do it, great. If not, you have to pitch it and then just take damage to normal. I. For Guardians, all right, you, you had me sold on the one-cost asset. I think that's awesome. Uh, it really is. And on top of that, you can put it in any control of any other investigator, so you can slap it on somebody else. The, the only thing I can see would be in a drawback here. You probably won't want to slap it on a Mystic because it's going to take up a spell slot for them. But really, for anyone else, um, who wouldn't like a free you know armor that could potentially stop something and then not take the damage? The only time is you're going to discard this thing is when you fail that test. So, um, I I like it. It's a nice preventative card. I mean, this is really good out of the box. Um, I mean, for two XPs, I mean that's I for what it does. I think that's worth it. And there is no like non you know elite versus elite, so it can just take everything. So, yeah, that's a solid card. It really is a good you know a nice you know, support flex option for, for guardians. So I really do like it. 
uh, it's it's very versatile. I mean, Yelianakis is you're not going to want to put on somebody that has low willpower if they can't handle that test. I'm looking at the bootlegger. But, yeah, good start. Blessing of Isis. Um, this is Ritual and Blessed. It is a two-cost asset for three XP, so you can pitch it for a wild pit for a skill test. And it's got to react, so when a second blessed token is revealed during a single skill test at your location, exhaust Blessing of Isis. Cancel that token and treat it as if it was an Elder Sign token instead. Re return both those tokens to the cash bag after this test end. Okay. Uh, early on, I don't think this card is that great. However, this you would want to play this in the middle late game. And you're also, and I'm going to say it probably for all these other cards here, you're going to have to want to play with a bag that is loaded with uh, the Blessing Tokens and or Curse Tokens. So I'm, I'm going to put that in consideration too as well. Uh, I do like it as Blessed uh, because it means other classes that has the Blessed option, like Calvin and Father Mateo, can take this card. Um, you just got to make sure that you're drawing... Um, when you draw that second token, it, you can treat it as an, uh, an elder sign. And if you're if you got a bag that's very very heavy on the on the bless and, and curse tokens, I think this is definitely going to be a really really solid card because you probably are going to be pulling a second token if you're throwing you know six or seven of those in there, and to get another viable chance of throwing an elder sign you know effect into it is awesome. I mean it really is. And on top of that, too, you don't burn those tokens. Those go back into the bag after the test ends. So, yeah, I mean, that that's really, really good. I mean, it, it, it's really good. I mean, for this for this campaign, I, I, I can see playing this. I mean, especially if you're running Sister Mary in a multiplayer campaign, whoo, you know this is going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen. You're going to get a couple shots out of this with this card for sure. Um, yeah, really good. Uh, artwork, man. I can't tell if she's like a... Is that a moth? Wings or... What is that? Look like worms. Think it is moth wings? Looks like moth wings. But yeah. Uh, it, Guardians got some cool cards. I, I dig them. Alright, so we got some more options for untranslated Crypt Grimoire for the Seekers. It's, uh, so after you do your whole craziness of um, translating it and um, include it, these are two new options for you. One is, well, they're both cryptic grimoire. Uh, this one is the text of the Elder Herald and text of the Elder Guardian. So we'll look at the Elder Herald first. Um, you can include this in your deck only if you've translated the grimoire. Um, but it is a 4 XP, 3 cost asset that gives you 1 intelligence and 1 agility for a skill check. It is tomed, item, and cursed. You can only include this asset. Yeah, I already read that. Okay. React. After you resolve one or more uh, cursed tokens during a skill test, place that many secrets on the cryptic grimoire. And then when you play an insight event during your turn, spend 2 secrets, and that event gains fast, reduce its cost by 1. And it takes a hand slot. Hmm. Okay. I would like to say Joe Diamond would like that, will like this because he's very insight traded. But you really gotta think Joe's gonna actually translate the cryptic grimoire just to get this effect. And just to get an insight that you're gonna spend two secrets on and reduce its cost by one. 
He's already going to reduce things by two, so Joe Diamond's out of the question for this one. I don't know what you would do with this card, because when I'm thinking Insight, it's going to be Joe Diamond. I mean, unless, you're, unless you got your deck heavily included on Insight, I can, I can see it, I guess. And it makes it fast, so you can grab clues real quick, you know, on certain Insight event cards, and you can reduce it by one. But you're still paying it just to play it fast and reduce by one. I am not 100% sold on this. And then on top of that, too, you got to make sure after you resolve some curse tokens that you can put secrets on it. So you got to spend two secrets. I'm not a fan of this one. Not a fan. I'm really not a fan of this one. I, I see what it's trying to do. Man, but that's a lot of setup to just get uh, fast and reduce by one for an insight card. That that's a lot of that's a lot of manipulating going on there with that. I mean, I guess if you're tag team with a a mystic that loves to throw curse tokens in the bag. <sighs> All right, that one's not selling me. So let's look at the other one. All right, same thing as before. Four XPs, three cost asset, one hand slot. This is the blessed side, not the cursed side. So one was cursed. This one's blessed. After resolve one or more. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing as before of the curse tokens. You put that many secrets on it. And then when you draw the top card of an encounter deck, spend five secrets, draw a card from your deck and set. Now I can see this being played a lot more than the other one. But you got to put five secrets on this card to do it. <laughs> but in a solo game where you don't have to draw, you don't have to draw a, uh, uh, an encounter card, I can see it. I definitely can see it. Uh, but then, then again, and I'm, I haven't played any all the scenarios yet for Insmith Conspiracy. Uh, I don't know how often you're going to run through the curse tokens, but I like this one better than the other one because anytime you don't get to draw the top card of an encounter deck is a win in my book, and you get a card off of your deck instead. So I think this one hits a little harder than the other one, even though it's it has a more setup of spending five secrets. But honestly, the spending the five secrets, that could potentially save you a turn. And it's only provided if you have more than enough cursed tokens in the bag, which can be directly related. You're playing some mystics or throwing in the bag and or the scenario is making you throw some of those things in the bag. So I'm tending to leaning to this one more than the other one for sure. All right, we're at rogues. Rogues, we got, oh, good all right, two of them. First one, I'm going to butcher this one, I'm sure. Uh, Raya Strad. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like this came out of the Curse of the Rogaru. <laughs> it is Spell. It is Spirited. It is Cursed. It's a zero-cost event. Uh, one XP to put it in there. You can pitch this for two strength. Um, it's a fight card. When you initiate tag, uh, this attack, add up to three Cursed tokens to the bag. And for each token you add to the bag this way, you get plus one fight and deal one damage for this attack. So you can potentially go plus three fight and do four points of damage total. Ooh. This card is high risk, high reward. But if you can take a baddie out in one shot with this, that is awesome. The only drawback is, is those Cursed tokens. Giving you the minus twos. Um, well... Calvin would be a lot more interesting to play with this now because it's a curse trait. And it's zero. I like the cheapness. I definitely love cheap cards. Um, it's even cheap to put it in with your XP. It's only one XP. 
I can see this. I don't know if rogues are going to go full on set because they actually have a lot of other stuff that they can actually do this without having the limited drawbacks of putting curse tokens into the bag. Um, but if you're splashing off class, like, you know, with Calvin, say, for instance, because that's when we immediately what I'm thinking on, uh, this is really good for it. But yeah, if you're playing straight rogue, no. But yeah, splash, absolutely. If that's not, if hitting is not your, you know, forte. I like it. It's like a werewolf throttly kind of guy. Shirt's all destroyed, save for the tie. The tie's perfectly intact on a swollen neck. <laughs> That's a cool card. All right, Tristan Botley. He's a unique ally. Oh, man, this guy's expensive. Five. You better wow me with this man fixer for hire. Uh, two XPs to put him in. You can throw it away for a wild pip for a check. He's an ally. He's criminal. He is cursed. After your turn begins, choose two skills. Until the end of the start of your turn, you get plus one to each of those skills. All right, that's kind of cool. Uh, after any skill test ends, which is a total of three or more of the cursed or blessing tokens were revealed, play Tristan from your hand at no cost. Ooh! And his stat line is three health and two sanity. Wow. See, rogues don't have a hard time with money. For the most part. So, what you're really paying for, for if you're playing, you know, straight out like that, is you're going to get a plus one buffer for two of your stat lines. Until the start of your next turn. Yeah. Yeah. The bonus there is the throwing away the blessing and curse tokens. And you get three of them out or more, and you play for free. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool too. He's he can soak some damage. He can soak a little sanity. He's got a cool mean ass dog <laughs> in front of some fiery corpse. <laughs> Is this John Wick? This look like it could be a John Wick guy. <laughs> uh, if you're splashing with this one, you're honestly you are looking at that second bit where you are actually do have those tokens because five is pretty steep for it. If this is a splash card. Um, I mean, rogues can meet it with this one for the most part with no problem. Uh, just to get a bump for each one. And he's a good buffer. I, I He's solid. I mean, I, he's not like, you know, Luya de Luca is going to give you an extra action. But, I mean, good for, you know, pumping up stats. I mean, it, this will definitely help Finn, you know, always. You're, you're going to say willpower each and every single time because he just needs it. But uh, yeah, I like it. he's kind of flexible. I mean, bonuses, man, and you get that second second uh, react off and pay for free. That's a that's a bonus. That's a good solid include for Tristan. I can see running bodily on this. I'd take a flyer on for sure. All right, the one lonely. Well, no, yeah, the one lonely card for Mystics. I had that right. Curse of Aeons. It is a two cost asset. Three XPs to put it in there. You can throw it away for. One uh, wild pip for a skill check, ritual, and cursed. As a react, when a second token is revealed during a single test, a skill test at your location, exhaust it. Cancel that instead and treat it as if it were a skull instead. You may choose to remove both of those tokens from the bag after this test ends. Oh, it's like a, it's like a mere opposite of the uh, the blessing. I wonder if the stat line looks the same way too. Yeah, it, it plays both. Same XP, same costs, and yeah, set. One's, one's uh, blessed, one's cursed. And that one allows you to remove 
the uh, uh, curse tokens. And then skull. I would like to throw this in uh, to uh, uh, our trumpet guy for curse works. Why am I freaking... Uh, Culver. Jim Culver. Yeah. I would throw this in Jim's deck for sure. It's expensive for what it does, but if you know you're getting you're getting ransacked on, on curse tokens, this is a good way out. And you know, for Jim Culver, uh, he can manipulate the uh, skull token pretty easily and take care of it. So, this feels like a gym card. Feels like a gym card. All right, survivors. They got two new ones. They're both skills. So the first one is unrelenting, and it's one cost or one XP cost skill. You get. And when you put in a skill test, it does give you a wild pip. You can only put one of these at a time, so no double unrelenting, just one of them. After you commit unrelenting to a skill test, search the chaos bag for up to three non-auto-failure um, chaos tokens of your choice. And then seal them on unrelenting. If all three tokens sealed on unrelenting are plus one, zero, a blessing, and or elder sign tokens, draw two cards. Then release all tokens here at after this test ends. Wow, this is a funky card. I mean, you can seal off the bad ones, which is good. You know, you pull out the Elder Sign, the the Tablet, and or the Cultists and Skulls, or yeah, or anything. It could just be a bad negative, you know, number. Like if you're playing hard or expert, you know, get rid of the negative three, four, five, six, sevens put it on there too but if you really want to draw the cards then it has to be all the positive effects from the bag i don't know how often i would do that for the two cards i think that's cool for what it is but if you need to make a check uh i would definitely get rid of the worst of the worst first unless your your deck is honed to actually drawing more cards or your hand size is pretty low and you know you can pass this test with no problems but I don't know how often I would use that second part. The first part, for sure. Oh, absolutely, I would do that. I mean, because you're just taking all the bad stuff out, save for the the auto failure. I mean, heck, they can even be the curse tokens too. I mean, that it just says none. So, uh, yeah. I mean, for the second part, I think this is just a secondary glance. You're always going to do for the first part to remove the negative stuff first, but it, it really depends on what what you need to apply for, what skill check, and how critical it is for you. Unless you're just willing to auto-fail anyways. I mean, that's another way of doing it. Playing with drawing thin, it's like, ooh, you're going to get some resource and drawing cards for days. But that's an ebb and flow kind of card for me. And then it's got South March just whacking off a mer creature. He looked like the, the merman from uh, He-Man, just getting knocked off the boat. All right, Unrelenting, that was it for that one. We got Signum Crucis, this is the last one. This is a 2 XP cost skill, and it gives you one wild. This is Practice and Blessed. And it's got a picture of Father Mateo on it. I'm trying to exercise a demon on uh, some poor, unfortunate soul. All right, commit only to a skill test you are performing, and only if the difficulty of the test is higher than your base skill value. After you commit this to the skill test, add blessing tokens to the cast bag. X is the difference between the test difficulty and your base skill value. Okay, I got it. So say, for instance, you got to make a skill check of four, and it's really a six. Um, 
X is different, uh, so you get to add X tokens. So it's not the modifier of the tokens, it's the actual tokens themselves. So if you're down two, you can pull two tokens out of the chaos bag. And it's only based on your base skill level. Okay, I get, yeah, 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 I get this. So you can pull four out. Well, you can pull more now. It just depends on what the... the you can pull as many as they are in the bag. Yeah, X is a difference. Well, one, again, just like with any other one, you're reliant that you got to have Blasting tokens in the bag. And the other bit is, is you got to make sure it's a hard difficulty to do it. Man, you're going to be counting, counting uh, tokens from the bag. Man, you gotta, it's almost like playing 21 with this stuff. you got to know what's in that bag to actually make this shine. I don't know if this one, too, is an auto-include. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there, there, there'll be plenty of times that your base stat line is probably not going to meet it, and you're going to need it, um, but it's cool, and you can get it out, and then you can use it, and you can commit them. The only problem is, it, it doesn't allow them to the bag, I mean, it's going to go out of the bag once you're done using them, so, um, both, no, one, I would say yes, and again, I think this will definitely shine if you're playing with other Curse Blessing tokens. In this case, this card, Blessing, and you're playing, and or you're playing in the Insmith Conspiracy. So, I don't know if I would run two, but definitely one for sure. And that will do it for Horror and High Gear, where we actually have vehicles now in this scenario. I can't wait to try it out. But that's it for that. Uh... Thanks for listening, guys and gals. Um, that will do it for this round. Let's see what the next packs come up. I have now started playing some LOTR, which was thrown on Thursday. I did pick up the Wasp pack uh, for Marvel Champions. And also considering solo games are shining very, very well and very, very prominent, I was lucky enough to score Under Falling Skies, which has got like a Galaga kind of vibe, Independence Day kind of feel where you... Uh, are taking care of aliens that are trying to destroy the city. And it's all about dice manipulation and trying to generate enough research to take down the mothership that's throwing out all these aliens. So it's Independence Day, the game, for the most part. And there's like a cool campaign that goes along with it. So I know, I know it's in short supply. I, I actually scored one at a, at a local gaming, well, not even a gaming shop. It was a comic shop out of all places. I found it and saw it. It's like, ooh, sweet grabbed it so uh looks cool i haven't played it yet i just punched it out read the got through the tutorial and stuff like that it looks pretty cool i mean but it's strictly solo i say you can play more than one but really it's it's based on the conversation what the dice that you throw and what you need to take so, so should you take out the, the fighters or should you try to beef up your research or do you need to dig more based on the alien technology and stuff like that to make your base better it's a fine line so the the goal is is to blow up the mothership and make sure either the mothership does not land on the city or your base is destroyed. So looks really cool. Um, Production-wise, it's cool. There's like a campaign in there. And with infinite replayabilities, depending on what you choose, uh, you can make it harder. Um, it's heavy. I mean, I think I paid $27 for it. It was really, really, really good. I mean, just I, I felt like I'm, I got more than $27 out of this game. So uh, I can't wait to play that one. And the next one is from Renegade Studios, and that's Warp's Edge. Uh, it's the same guy, I believe, that made all the uh, um, tiny epic uh, games like uh, Kingdoms, Zombies, Dinosaurs, Galaxies, which is the one I like. It's really, really good. 
Um, this one is you are in the same place. I, I went on a sci-fi kick. This one looked cool, too. This one also has like a four-part campaign. You have a ship. You're trying to just, you know, run away from this ship and trying to take care of the little smaller ships while taking care of the big one. And you only got so many chances. You can jump, warp, uh, and replay your actions about as soon as you run out of those options. I... The game reminds me, it took off of the one story called, I think it was 33 off of Battlestar Galactica from the last reboot, where the Cylons just kept on sending wave after wave after wave after wave of of Cylon fighters on, on the Galactica, like every 33 hours, and they had no time to rest. They were just constantly getting battered. Uh, that's what it feels like. That feels like that episode right there. I mean, just to, just by looking at the reviews and watching the playthroughs, I was like, hmm, this is that one episode where the just silence were just completely just continuously stop, you know, just trying to go after the Galactica. Um, and it's solo. That's pure solo. So, um, and it's got like a campaign too as well. Uh, different, you know, uh, uh, main enemy ships, motherships, fighters. Uh, uh, and it's a token bag base. So you're pulling out tokens from a bag and you can upgrade your bag. And it feels like you can do this with Arkham here because you're, you're throwing in tokens. And it generally, well, usually it's worse tokens you're throwing in the bag. But this one, you it's like a, not necessarily a deck builder, but like a, it has a deck builder qualities. But you start with a, your basic chips in the bag and then you can get and buy better chips to, and make better pulls from the bag and do various different special effects depending what the the uh chips you're throwing into the bag so that one was cool too and i had to pick that one up too i mean and honestly that was probably the best looking artwork and the best looking box i've ever seen it's got like this gloss finish and it's only on the title i mean it just it just looks sharp i mean i'm like i looked at it, it's like man this feels like i spent 38 dollars and felt like i got my 38 dollars out of it it looks sweet so those are the two games I'll be playing over the weekend, and I'll look at that as well. So I might do a review on it and, and let you know what I think, but those are the two new things I picked up, and, and I got Wasp for Marvel Champions. I'll probably start that up again because, honestly, I've been playing a lot of Marvel Champions too as well, you know, with my flexing between Arkham Horror. Um, but, uh, yeah, Marvel uh, Marvel's just easier setup time so I can get a quick game 20 minutes in and I can, you know, smack right around or try different deck types with the various different heroes, so, um, yeah, I'm still a big fan of it, I mean, for that too, um, also, just a side note, uh, our Rocky River, Ohio area, Mortals Inc., has asked me to do a review, and not necessarily playthrough, but considering, you know, with the plight of COVID, and the way 2020 is, and the way 2020 is starting to look like, um, uh, it, there's a lot more value with Arkham Horror, and we've been playing it at Immortals. Uh, he started it up again because we're still midway through the Dunwich uh, legacy that he's playing through, and a couple of people are now getting comfortable enough that they're coming to the shop uh, to learn how to play, considering I got a vast amount of card pool. Um, it would be pretty easy for me just to give him a deck, and I've actually, I'm starting to look you know, for the Investigator Packs just to buy them again, and then put them in boxes. That way I can teach new people how to play it and I don't have to worry about it. I think that's going to be another approach for me. So once we actually get a regular supply of the in Investigator Starter Decks, I think I'll end up doing that. And I got a couple people signed up. Um, it is a live, uh, I'll put it in the show notes, 
it is a live uh, uh, video slash audio podcast, and it's going to spill into Spotify and um, maybe, I think, Archer FM. He, he puts that on all the ones, uh, Carlos. He's a good guy, but he really loves the game. He loves Cthulhu games in general because he's been doing Cthulhu Dark Ages for RPG, and he's been doing a lot of other things there. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes there, and we're going to go live Sunday, February. Oh, no. Is it February? No, January. Is it the end of the month? Do I know what I'm talking about? Hold on. There we go. January 31st at 5 p.m. I'll probably have my son on it, too, because he's playing with me as well. Uh, so he's got enough knowledge in the game, and he's uh, 14. So uh, it should be a cool time. I mean, it's like a half an hour. But if you miss it, don't worry. It'll be up there at the areas. You can see it then uh, in the, the show note links. Until then, that's all I got going on for me. So... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good time to wrap it up, and uh, I will holler at you guys and gals later. Thanks for listening. I will see you in the next round.